microgreens for growers and consumers. I'm your host. My name is Lisa Welsh. I am co-owner of Vitality Farms Company, LLC in Lakeland, Florida, as well as I am the director for the International Microgreen Growers Association of Florida. So today, I thought I'd give you guys a chance to listen to, well, whatever I would like to talk about. Hi everyone, you're listening to Microgreens for growers and consumers. And I'm your host, Lisa Welsh, owner of Vitality Farms Company in Lakeland, Florida, and also the director of the International Microgreen Growers Association, also from Florida. So I hope you guys are having a wonderful day today. So today I thought we'd kind of talk about Florida. I live here. I like my state. It tends to have a lot of fun things to do. So as you know, there's a lot of companies in Florida, and a lot of companies are doing some really good things. So I have the pleasure of meeting a woman, I don't know, I was probably a year and a half into my business. And I was always wondering, if I'm a small farmer, it's hard to compete with the big farmers, right? Because you don't have the capital, you don't have all the same stuff. There's got to be a way for us small farmers to work together to kind of, I don't know, source different things, come up with different concepts and ideals. And so you start to wonder, are there companies out there that are doing such a thing? Well, I found a company called Hydro Pro Sales. And what they did was, well, it's one run by a wonderful woman named Barbara Langford. And what I've had the pleasure of doing was talking with her about several different things. And you guys know me, so I always got a concept or a strategy I want to try. But the cool part was I was able to talk to her, and because of her knowledge in the industry and just her background in general, she was able to help me find products that might work for my concepts or just different things like that. Um, or even where I could source material from or people who have done something similar and it didn't work. So it's always good to find people who know more than you know. But let's admit it. You don't know everything. So today I have with me Miss Barbara Langford, and she's going to talk to you guys about, you know, just what she sees or what her life is like and what she does. But to me, she was an important and critical ally and resource that I've been able to utilize to grow my own business. She has insight and products that I knew nothing about, and she's always more than willing to go above and beyond and show you all her products and what she's doing, what she's got, and give you different things that you can take back to your market. So, Barbara, how are you today? I'm good, Lisa. Thank you for having me. No problem. So, what does HydroPro Sales do? Well, HydroPro Sales is, um, uh, we're sort of multifaceted. Um, we're a manufacturer's rep for a major can- Canadian peat producer. Um, we're also a manufacturer's rep for a um, core importer, if you know what core is, the coconut fiber that a lot of people use to grow microgreens in. Um, and uh, I also uh, rep a company that is one of the only companies that is bringing in jute fiber, um, jute growing mats that are pretty much used specifically for microgreens and they're fantastic. Hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people are, are more familiar with hemp 
But um, I've found that the jute mats, they're so much tougher and stronger, and they have a lot of the same properties that hemp has, and they're an excellent growing media for microgreens. It's one of my favorite growing media for microgreens. Yeah, I've used the hemp too. I've used, we used hemp once, and honestly, it was so hard to cut. Um, I never use it again, and that's only because uh, I just wasn't able to cut it. And I called um, the guy we got it from, and he told me a machine I could buy that would basically cut it for me. But at the point where I got to buy extra equipment to do something, I'm, like, not okay with it. Because right. it didn't seem like there was that big of a difference to us when what we were growing. So Right. Well, the jute that, that I have comes pre-cut in 10 by 20 sheets, which most of you out there, if you're growing in 10 by 20 trays, it, I mean, you don't have to cut it. It comes in 10 packs or I should say packs of 10, 10 by 20 sheets. And um, it's, it's really a great, um, a great media for microgreens. And it's tough. It's tough, too. It's so tough that I have actually, when I've been growing for research and development, used it as a rag to clean out my trays, which it does a great job at. It sort of has the consistency of one of those green scrubby pads oh yeah i use those yeah yeah that would make sense well i know we've used jute and we've had been more success with that and we use jute mats uh, from you actually that we put into our grow kits that we sell so we use right. that from you and we do that with us uh, uh coir pucks and um we even had to put some hemp mats in there because we had some hemp left over so we cut it down and then we would give it to the to consumers to try it so that we would give our grow kits with, a, with multiple different mediums so they would have an, a chance to experiment with multiple forms. That's a great way to sell to consumers is to offer them, you know, several different uh, growing media so that they can experiment with different ones. And not only that, some seeds grow better on some growing media than others. I mean, like uh, a lot of people think that sunflower has to be covered with soil so that it sheds its seeds. I don't a hundred percent buy that because I, I've never done that. I've never done that. But you know, if somebody wants to grow uh, with and cover something, I know that you include in your kits the um, the coir uh, wafers. I yep. call them, and um, that's a great media for for seeds that you might want to cover lightly. And then you know the mesh in the grow kit that you sell. Yeah, is you can grow larger seeds right on that, as I'm sure a lot of you already know. Yeah, that. so the green and white trays is what we're talking about. The right. I'm sure you know the green and white trays. If you don't know the green and white trays, well, you can look at my website or look anywhere online. Type in like green and white tray, uh, seed sprouting tray, and they're perfect. Uh, but some people argue back and forth about the, the lid. Personally, for me, I'm all about the lid because the lid means I can close it. It can have the humidity control. It means I can close it and keep it from other contaminants. I can keep things away from it. If something's going on in my house or in my environment, I'm all about the lid. And some people don't prefer the lid. Now, there are people who make that green and white tray. There are tons of people who make it, actually. But there are a difference in quality between those trays. So oh, definitely. I know that I, um, I went through several different companies um, when I started sourcing them. And um, have I have a, like a garage full of samples of the ones that I didn't like, 
And then I finally, I finally came across the one that is the best quality. Some of them seem like they're okay at first, but they don't last long. Like the um, mesh tray would get really, really brittle and just break on you right in mid-crop, which is not fun. Um, but hmm. this, the, the supplier that I'm using now has a good quality mesh tray that lasts. Well, I've been using them for a couple of years and all of my trays are intact and working. Well, all your trays to me are perfect because, um, if you haven't guessed, I get my trays from her too, um, for my grow kits for specifically the, what I call the family grow kit. It's, um, I make my own seed mixes too. So I put those in there with it. So I pretty much customize my grow kits, um, almost Probably almost 100% of it is completely customized by me in some level or another. Um, and I do that because, well, we all want to be unique, right? Like, we all want to be special or have something special. And if you walked into Target or Michael's or any store lately and you go see, I can't remember the name of the company that does it. But, I mean, literally, you buy a kit, you get a soil puck or a wafer, whatever you want to call it. A wafer and some seeds. And usually the seeding density isn't even write or explain to the customer oh, that yeah. you need to put all the seeds, like all the seeds is one grow. Because right. people ask me that all the time. How many seeds do I put on? The whole package is one tray. Right. You drop them all. Yeah, that's a big misunderstanding with a lot of beginners is, you know, they seed very, very yeah. sparsely. Like I have a Facebook group, Microgreens for Beginners, and, you know, people will come and Everybody's show heard their, of that. Everybody's heard of that website. That's the busiest Facebook page I've ever seen. <laughs> so they, they show their pictures of, you know, their first crops, and there's like, you know, four four radish seeds across the tray and they're like, what's wrong with my microgreens? Like, well, you need a lot more seeds in there. Yeah. And so I find like that's the one area where like, you know, it is an opportunity for all growers to be a little bit unique and to put a little more effort into to making a grow kit. You know, you could customize them in so many ways and eventually I'm going to teach a class on how you could do it because I have about 700 million ideals of different things that work and be just all different enough. Um, so it'll be exciting. Now you said you do. Um, well, I know you do the the soil. So you do. I would. I can just pick up a bag of soil from you. No. Why not? But what if I don't want to go deal with anybody else? Because I like to keep my money locally. So like, if somebody sells something in Florida, I'd rather buy it from them than go source it myself or go do anything else. I like to keep the money locally. Well, the problem with that is that the companies that I work for. Um, Terrio and Hatchie Peat Moss and um, Pro Source Plus core products. Um, we basically sell bulk product, meaning our biggest customers in Florida, which is my territory, it, are um, soil blenders. So they don't buy a they don't they don't buy a bag. They don't even buy a pallet. They buy loads. They buy lots of loads. So you just think I'm not big enough yet to qualify to call you for my soil. Not quite, yeah. Not yet. I better get some more customers. No work to do. Now, with core, though, I can sell in as small a quantity as a pallet. But a pallet, just so you know, a pallet of 5 kg core blocks is 26 yards. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of core. That's a lot of core. I don't think I would need that much core. I mean, unless I really did some, like, big, big sales. Yeah. To expand. Yeah, I think a greenhouse would be able to probably handle um, True. core blocks. Yeah. Um, but I, I wish I could sell smaller quantities, but, you know, basically, unless it comes down to the really small quantities like 
like the one liter or the the two liter bags mm. or the 10 liter bags, we do sell those, of course, which actually that 10 liter block, it's a smaller block. It's uh, it's a little bit less than one kg at one kilogram. And um, it makes 10 quarts of soil, which would probably be enough to do, gosh, you know what? Quite a few trays. I would say at least maybe 20 trays. I'd say so, too. Well, you know, the funny thing is I get those bags from you sometimes, the little the little small bags. But I use them. Um, so at the market every week, I've been trying a new strategy of growing pet grass. Basically wheatgrass. But um, people love it. And uh, I live in a very, very animal-friendly area. Like, I mean, people spend way more money on their dogs than they do on their own health. They don't care about themselves. They care about their dogs. So I put it out, outside, inside of my tent. People put pet, you know, water for your pet. So I put water, and then I put um, some pet grass. And, man, when the animals go for it, you know, at first I was scared they were going to pee on it. I thought they were all going to pee on it. <laughs> but they didn't. They would go, and they would smell it, or they'd eat it or whatever. And they'd be like, hey, get away from there. And I'm like, it's safe for them to eat, and it's better for them to eat than much, much of the other stuff. And once you catch them with that, well, now you got a sale. Right. Those little bags, that's the one-quart bag. Yeah. And that Those little bags are awesome. I do a, a little product called Farms by the Pint. And I grow peas. I grow radish. I grow stuff like that so that if somebody's not sure if they really love microgreens, um, you can start one of those little core bags with microgreens and, and have them ready at the market and sell them for a little bit less than maybe, you know, a whole tray. And they can cut and they can cut them as they need them. You know, they don't have to eat them right then. Plus, they're also p- perfect for kitchen farming. You know, like that um, technique where, you know, when you're cutting up scallions and you leave the roots on, Mm, you know, you can plant those roots. And I keep one going all the time. You plant those roots of your scallions, the part that you don't eat, and they grow scallions again. And I've got them growing right on my kitchen windowsill right now in one of those little one-quart core bags. Man, that's a good idea. I don't cook enough to do all that, but if I did, I would definitely (laughs) be on board with that. I have to be on board with you trying to do that so that he maybe gets some more meals cooked. But so you think it's been interesting with this COVID. There's been a lot of growers coming out either out of the woodwork. I would say out of the woodwork. I would say there's been a lot of growers coming into the industry and a lot of misconception about the industry. For one, people think that microgreens is like brand new, like it's never been heard of. Like, oh, my God, this revolutionary new thing has happened. And you're like, it's been around since like, what, the 70s or the 80s? But how often are you at your booth at the market? And people come by and say, well, what are microgreens? It's like, Every day, dude. I have to, like, all the time. All the time. And you have to wonder, so, like, is it, like, why Why is it that they haven't heard of it? I mean, like, people don't live under rocks. We have information age. Like, it should be easy to know. But for some reason, it's just not something that people don't really research. Can I make my vegetables faster? Even gardeners. I mean, like, my neighbor is a big gardener. She loves to garden. And when I told her about microgreens, she's like, what is that? And I'm like, are you kidding me? And I had a whole tray of speckled pea, which was gorgeous. And I took it out there and I said, here, take a handful of that and eat it. And she's like, oh, my God. So, you know, she is now a microgreen farmer. See, and I think I think there's a lot of that with, with people educating themselves and learning, especially with, with, with COVID. I mean, you got locked in your house. You couldn't go anywhere. What are you going to do if... I mean, we have supply chain issues right now, and we still currently do. Like, we have issues Absolutely. with sourcing seeds right now. We have issues with, with, I think we just went through sunflowers was a problem. 
I think broccoli was a problem before that. Peas was a problem not that long ago. I mean, we're going to have, we're going to continue to have a source problem every once in a while as this continues. And I think people have to consider what are my other options, right? Well, I mean, it sure is a fast way to grow, to grow food. And, you know, well, for me, who I, I do sell some of my products more, you know, outside of Florida, um, winter is a huge time for people who are pent up gardeners that love to grow microgreens. So any of you guys that might be doing markets, um, you know, selling microgreen kits that they can take back up north, you know, to Ohio and be able to grow microgreens in the wintertime is like such a huge thing. And people love that. They love mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And that's a good tip too. Another one would be sell subscription refills. So like every month, like I sell a subscription refill for their grow kits and I send them, I think I send them eight, I send them seven seed packets that they can pick. And then the eighth one I pick. So usually I make it something themed towards the month or whatever. And it's like a, usually a harder one or something that people wouldn't necessarily buy. Um, or something I have way too much of in stock. Shh, I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> but, and I send it to them and I teach it them. happens. I know. I send it to them and I teach them how to grow it. And they just love it because for one, they always have something they don't know what they're getting. And every month they don't have to think about it. They can grow all their vegetables. It's like a surprise. Time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and people want, people miss fresh produce in areas like, you know, those of us that are in Florida, we're lucky. We got fresh produce all winter. Winter is our growing season, you know, woo-hoo. But, you know, up north, uh-uh. You know, they're buying um, carbon footprint heavy vegetables that have come from miles and miles and miles away. And it's sad when you think about that, how, how far it comes. I mean, I was just talking, was I talking to you about that, Doug? I was talking to, oh, a, a customer, or somebody posted in a microgreens group about how they had anybody heard of this place called Fresh Origins. So you know me how I feel about Fresh Origins. I mean, I respect them as a farm, but I don't necessarily like on their page how they talk about other farmers. I don't think that's necessarily a good choice of things to do, but um, let them do what they do. But they do, I mean, fly their microgreens all over the country. I mean, they go everywhere. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know if me as a farmer, that's not the kind of footprint or impression I want to leave on the world. I have no desire to put fresh produce only a few days old in an airplane, fly across the country and say that that's fresh or local. Right. Because I don't feel that it is. It's not. But, um, you know, they do what they do and, you know, they have customers that pay for it. So that's up to them. But I think that one day it'd be nice to kind of go for everything local. And, like, literally I'm working with FDX right now. We're going to do a survey and try to figure out how many microgreens are sold in the state of Florida exclusively, how much of it is contributed from Florida farmers, and then if there's enough Florida microgreen farmers to fill that need. Right. And so that'll be interesting to start working on. Um, so you guys stick around and wait in here on that. And otherwise, I'm going to let you go, Miss Miss Langford, because we like to keep our episodes nice and short. So yeah, we don't distract you guys from doing all the things you want to do in life. Like, I don't know, listening to music, singing really loud, driving really fast. You know, all the good things that you might want to do, but we don't want to talk about right now. Well, thank you for having me. I enjoyed our discussion. Why, you're welcome. And we'll get you back here next time and we'll talk some more. Sounds like a plan. I know, I can get this. Good thing that I can just shut this off whenever I want. Because, like, I always do this. I can never remember the passwords. Because they're different on each computer. Well, that's a long password. Too. I know. Let's see what's that.
Was it Florida Micro Greens? I wish. That'd be easy. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. But yeah, the girl who edits it for me, she just does a good job. So, microgreens for growers and consumers. I'm your host. My name is Lisa Welsh. I am co-owner of Vitality Farms Company, LLC in Lakeland, Florida, as well as I am the director for the International Microgreen Growers Association of Florida. So today, I thought I'd give you guys a chance to listen to, well, whatever I would like to talk about. 